Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast episode from the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to In the Ladies' Room with Tiki, Gwen, Janice, and Cam I Am. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and produced and hosted by the Soul of America Radio. Viewpoints expressed tonight do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. And now, before we get into the broadcast, we'd like to pay a special tribute to a very special person. Each week, here at the Soul of America Radio, we pride ourselves in bringing you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. But none of this may have been possible had it not been for the leadership efforts of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. So tonight, we'd like to pay our tribute to Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. as his family celebrates his birthday by playing excerpts from his last speech. Thank you, and happy birthday, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Thank you for everything you've done for this country and our people.
And now, from the soul of America Radio Studios, we bring you the ladies from In the Ladies Room, right here on the soul of America Radio. producer and founder, Mr. Tony, Tony Stallings, for that wonderful tribute to Dr. King. Tonight, the conversation continues. Have black men lost interest in black women? With a special guest, Levi. <laughs> As you all know by now, of course, I am the leader of the Levi Fan Club. So please be advised that this show and its topics are intended for mature audiences, and it is not for the faint of heart. To speak to enter the ladies' room, to speak to Cam, Gwen, Janice, and Tiki, call 323-784-9638 and press 1. Without further delay, welcome, ladies. Gwen, Janice, and Cam, I am. Hello. 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 <laughs> hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Hey, how y'all doing? Happy Martin Luther the King Day to you. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes, Martin Luther the King. Day. Yeah, Martin Luther the King. I'm always sure to put the in front of that. Martin Luther the King. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, of course, my job does not... Um, Recognize it as a holiday, so I have to do that for them. Absolutely. So I'm on uh-huh, holiday today. Right. Do, girl. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, uh, I, I took it. Uh, I took it upon myself. Uh, I shared with my family. Today was going to be a rest day for me. Um, right. So okay. King would have wanted it that way. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. March. Uh, my mother marched. My grandmother marched so that I could right, rest right. today. All right. I just, That's what I did. I read. I've been sipping on red, red wine. Uh-oh. And, uh, oh. and watching uh and watching movies that's been pissing me off. Okay. Right. okay. So now you can't watch you can't watch Lifetime and drink sip on some wine, can you? That's not a good combination to have. No, it's been good. It's been good. It's been an awesome day. It's been an awesome day reflecting on the history and just, yeah. you know, I'm so thankful for my background in Selma, you know, some brave individuals uh, that were oh, a yeah. part of that whole struggle. So that is, I'm very proud of that past. So awesome, yeah. awesome stuff. I think it's so fitting tonight's uh, topic. <laughs> we're talking about uh, the relationships as it stands between uh, black men and Black women and the great divide that um, oh. is apparently occurring. Isn't that something? 
Yeah. We're gonna get it in tonight, ladies. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> you know, as, go ahead. I'm sorry. As, uh, as you was talking about uh, how fitting it is, I I remember the the last conversation we had and. Bill Olivia and I think caller two zero five called in and he was talking about the history and I've been watching these movies. Um, I was watching watching a long walk home with mm-hmm. my daughter and uh, you know I was trying you know I, the last time I was talking and and Gwendolyn was saying I'm not mad and I said well I'm not mad either and let me tell you I'm not mad anymore <laughs> but baby. As I was walking a long walk home, (laughs) and I was trying to explain to my daughter and my niece, Nicole, what, you know, what was going on with this movie and about the boycott and uh, of uh, the the buses and everything. I was, you know, I was trying to not get angry, Gwendolyn, all over again. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. And it was so funny because when I um when I went to Atlanta, I can remember uh, at at sixteen going to Atlanta because I couldn't find jobs here, and my life was uh was was like on the buses with Marta, and I took my daughter on her first bus ride on Marta, and uh, the first I think I sat in the handicap spot, you know. And she was like, Mommy, why we can't go to the back? And I, you know, I almost went into a rage, and I said, I'm You remember? You remember uh, in Montgomery what happened with Rosa Parks? And she was like, yes, ma'am. I said, that's why. We, we don't go to the back anymore. You know, I just started talking so fast. So today, as we was walking a long walk home, I reminded her of Marta. And then she was like, okay, Mommy, I fully understand. Yes. <laughs> but that's what, you know, that's, yeah, it's, 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 when, you get, when you're from Selma, Alabama, you know, you take these things seriously about sitting in the back of buses, Riding Absolutely. in the back of airplanes, going in back doors, <laughs> you know. Right. You and and, like all, that. and, and yeah. trying to go vote. Exactly. Right. Yes, Denise. Please don't forget about that. You know, I'm real I'm real special when it comes to voting. I'm real special about that. <laughs> mm, that's, that's, that's something I don't um have any tolerance for people not doing, particularly black people. And I know people come with their own experiences and their philosophies about about why they don't do it and how it changes nothing. I'm like, Listen, that's not a conversation you wanna have with me. I recommend that you go vote. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and not try to convince me why you aren't voting because you know I'm real right. special about that that particular topic. That's touchy. Yeah, but yeah. I think you know what is what is so special for me. You know, and hear, hearing Cam talk about that is um, when I was coming up in Selma, was listening to the stories right. uh, that were told by my aunts and and mom and uncles and grandma about, you know, that period and what was happening and what the atmosphere mm-hmm. was like, particularly uh, Bloody Sunday, you know. Oh, so yeah. that that's some <laughs> that's some powerful stuff, you know, having grown oh, up yeah. on those stories. And then you meet somebody, and they're like, where are you from? And you'll say, Selma, where is that? And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> right. You don't know what Selma is, right. You don't know what Selma is. You know, it's almost unforgivable. <laughs> yeah, read a book, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what were you? Did you? What kind of history did your school teach? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't that. Right. I mean, it was not that. Apparently. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do not ask me what Selma is. That's a given. <laughs> oh, okay. Absolutely. 
I'm, I'm, I'm right with Cam on those uh, movies, though. I was watching uh, yesterday, uh, I think it's called King, with my two boys and my husband. We were sitting uh-huh. watching it, and, and uh, I mean, they were very intrigued, and we were um, just sitting there, you know, explaining to them what was going on. But I was talking to my sister uh, later on that evening after we had watched it, and I told her, I said, oh, yeah, let me give a shout-out to my uh, sister, Benita Washington. And my daughter, Shakira Allen, I spent the day with them and my grandson, Caden. So it was really nice. But let me get back to the story. So, um, yeah, we um, was watching that. And afterwards, I was talking to my sister, and I told her, I said, you know, as many times as I've seen these movies, there's still something within me that causes pain when I see, you know, how uh, we were treated. And they showed scenes from Birmingham, which is where I live now. And uh, it was just amazing to see the hatred that these people, uh, they, although they were actors, that the, the hatred that they portrayed that these actual people had for black folks for no reason other than the color of their skin. And it's just heartbreaking to think about some of the things that, you know, our uh, four parents uh, went through in order for us to enjoy some of the freedoms that we have today. Right. right. Yeah. So do well, you uh, I think. More than that, though, it's it's just sad to see that uh, our community doesn't stick together like they used to back during that time frame. No, absolutely don't. And what was so so amazing to me, you guys, and uh, I think Tiki and I talked about this today just a little, I noticed in these movies, A Long Walk Home, and I was also watching, I think it was called Express, um, about the football player, um, how in these movies, that was so they had so much love in the family. You know, I look at old movies like Good Times, um, and all of these old movies, how the family they sat down and we used to do it and we try to do it now, but I definitely was raised like this. They would sit down and they would have family prayer and everybody always had dinner together. Do, did you guys mm-hmm. grow up like that? Because I did. You know, I yes, I grew up with did. my grandparents in the home. And we always sat down together and we prayed together and we always had breakfast together and we always had dinner together. So, um, you know, I'm wondering, um, going back to um, area code 205 that called in and and D. Olivia, is some of the reasons that we have so many angry black women uh, or women in general is because of maybe some of the things that happened uh, in the past, has it stemmed over to the way that we're living now? Well, we're going to certainly talk about it and find that out when we come back um, after this break. And um, when Mr. Levi joins us, we're going to let him address that, Cam. So hold that question, okay? Soul of America Radio wishes to take this opportunity to give thanks to the loyal listeners that have supported us within the last six months of broadcast. Our listener base and our loyal listeners have really grown, and we are tremendously pleased at the number of responses that we're getting here. We want to thank you because without you, 
it's not possible. The best in soulful talk radio is what we want to provide to you. If you're not in the chat room right now, you don't know what you're missing. Join us at the soulofamericaradio.com. That's www.soulofamericaradio.com. Scroll down and follow the instructions to listen online. You're listening to America's one and only Soulful Talk Radio at 323-784-9638. Press 1 to speak with the host. Bold, bold, sexy, talk, talk radio. radio. From coast to coast, east to west, this is the Soul of America Radio. And now grab your purse and the rest of your belongings and head back in the ladies' room. Junior Day. Thank you. Thank Hola. you. The same to you. 
So, um, Levi, I, I am sure, you know, you heard the first show. You were one of our callers the very first night, and um, here we are again continuing the conversation. But before we went to break, um, I want to give it over to Cam because she had some commentary before we went into break, and she asked a question that I would like for you to uh, uh, have a first shot at giving some comments about. Cam? Yeah, um, Levi, what I was asking was um, on the last call, uh, well, the last show, we had a gentleman from 205, um, as well as the Olivia, who's also a host, um, and they were talking about going back to history. And as the ladies and I were talking tonight and we were talking about the different shows that we've all been watching today, do you think that some of the the anger and the madness that's coming from the black women or women, period, but since we're talking to black women, do you think some of that anger stems from things that have happened in the past? Well, um, well, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're all a product of, um, of our history as, uh, as people and where we are in our mindset is, is a product of the past. Um, I was thinking, actually, I had this thought the last show, so I'll try to get it out now. You know, um, we're talking about relationships between black men and black women. And so I thought about relationships in our culture in the larger context. In other words, what what I thought about was comparing the relationships in the African American community to relationships in other minority communities like Asians and Jews and so on and so forth to try to look at what what the differences were. And so tonight we're specifically talking about relationships between African-American men and women, but you can also apply some of these same things to relationships that we have with each other as a culture, comparing ourselves to other minority groups our willingness, for example, to do business with one another, uh, which is a relationship issue. Um, I think that there is a nexus between how we see ourselves as African-American people as opposed to other cultures, and I really think that it, it has to do with anger. It has to do with an inferiority complex when I look at other cultures, for example, Jews and Asians, which have a stronger affirmation of who they are as people as opposed to how we are. And it leads to them doing business with each other, developing communities. Every large city you see in America has Chinatown, Japanese town, Korean town, and you don't see that amongst our people. And I think it has to do with the fact that we were slaves in this country, that our culture was disrupted by slavery, and it affects our ability to relate to each other, not just in a uh, in a romantic sense or in a, in, a, in a sense of marriage, which we're talking about tonight, but I also think it affects our our ability to relate to each other in a larger context. So you know, yes, we've yeah, I'm ahead. sorry. I'm sorry. My apologies. When you were saying that, it occurred to me that what we have is the quote unquote hood. We right. don't have Chinatown. <laughs> we don't have, right, right. We don't we have Chinatown. Right. right, we have the hood. <laughs> right, right, right. But go ahead. And it is, yeah, because we don't have that. We don't have that. Uh, we do have 
in our culture, kind of, you know, in a, an inferiority complex about relating to each other in, in a lot of matters that go beyond the issue that we're talking about tonight, which is black men and black women related to each other, and it has to do with how we see ourselves. I mean, even African people who come from uh, African uh, uh, countries or who come from countries outside of America, when they get here, they tend to stay within their culture. They tend to do business with one another. And I think it has to do with the differences between how they see themselves and how we see themselves. And that impacts the relationship between African-American men and women, as well as the other things that I've mentioned. So I have a question, and I'm asking everybody because I'm interested in the in the answer. Um, do you – how do you – well, in my view, and, and you let me know if you agree or disagree, I, for what I see in observing relationships between black men and women is a lack of tolerance for one another. That, you know, I see um, when either of us, when a black man or a black woman enters a relationship with someone in a different culture, not necessarily meaning white, but just Asian, uh, Latino, whatever, there seems to be a willingness to um, to be tolerant and be patient with the relationship, whereas I don't see that tolerance amongst us. You know what I'm saying? It's like we we are reluctant to engage one another um, with patience and tolerance. So do you see that as an underlying problem in our ability to relate to one another? Or is that not a part of it? Well, I, I do think that I wanted to let somebody else speak to that. You can go ahead um, and speak to it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I do think that that that's a part of it. Um, we, uh, as African-American people and as people who are disenfranchised and struggling to make ends meet every day, there's a lot of stress that comes with being black in America, a lot of economic stress and a lot of other things. And I think that when you get, uh, you know, an African-American man and an African-American woman in a relationship, there's just, a lot of stress there that probably creates a lack of tolerance to work together. And then I do think that there is underneath that an underlying self-hatred for a lot of people that will, that causes us to be less tolerant with one another than we would be if we were in a relationship with someone outside of our race. You know, um, we have, um, just real quick, guys, um, to interrupt the conversation here for a second, uh, just to let all of our listeners know that the chat room is open and there's conversation (laughs) happening in there. Um, Someone named uh, Black Brotherhood in the chat room has this statement about our conversation. He is saying black men have not lost interest in black women. We're trying to tell you what we want and to have and what we want and have to give if black women 
will listen and cooperate, ladies, <laughs> my fellow uh, co-hosts. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I will totally have to agree with that. Um, I shared with you guys on the last show, you know, from a, a past relationship that I was in for, what, almost three years, and, you know, I didn't have closure in that relationship. And um, just this year, um, out of nowhere, the gentleman called me, and we talked about um, what happened in that relationship and, and really didn't even bring up why we broke up. But what I am learning from, you know, since I'm back in the, quote, dating again, courting again, what I'm learning now is that men just want somebody to listen. You know, sometimes um, they don't really want to hear when they, you know, if they've had a rough day, for an example, and they come into our presence, and, you know, um, they, they're talking to us, sometimes they don't want us to give our opinion about why they had a bad day. They just kind of want us to listen, and after the conversation is over, to just kind of smile and don't say anything. So that's what I have learned. And trust me, you know, you guys know me. I like to, I like to talk. You know, I like to blah, 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 run my mouth. So that has been the hardest thing for me for someone that, you know, that hasn't been in a relationship for three years, um, it's been very hard for me to, you know, to grasp that and to understand that. But, I, you know, I've learned that, that men just sometimes want us to listen and not say anything. So I have to agree with that. Um, and all of that goes with communicating with that person that you're, um, that you're dating and or that you're attempting to date to find out through communicating with that person exactly what is it that you want. And you'll know if there's going to be a second date or not, I think, within five or ten minutes of that date. Um, and it, it, it's all about communicating. And I think that um, Janice and Gwendolyn said it so well in another show that we had that, you know, we have to find ways, not just as women but as men too, uh, and Levi can speak on that because I'm not a man and I don't have a desire to be one. But uh, how do we get one another <laughs> to communicate? So I, I'll have to agree with uh, with that young man. So well, I, I, I agree with you, Cam. Um, we need to uh, get more better listening skills. Uh, like you said, sometimes men they they really just don't want they just want a sounding board to for somebody to know that look I had a bad day I'm frustrated I feel like the world's against me and by us being women they come to us and they they they're at that point I think they're looking for the nurturing or the nurturers you know for us to right. nurture them back to 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 help so they can go out there and try it again another day. Well, we have someone named Thaddeus on the line, and I want to bring him on. We have a caller. Um, Thaddeus, are you there? Uh, my name is Thaddeus, yes, I'm here. Hi, hi, Thaddeus. I'm sorry, my apologies All for right. pronouncing That's actually how they pronounce it down south, so I, I'm used to that. Okay, I'm Ooh. down south, so I'm forgiven. <laughs> forgiven. <laughs> so, Thaddeus, um, what, is, what is your comment? Tonight we're talking about, uh, we're addressing the question, have Black men lost interest in black women. 
Okay, well, you guys have uh, been saying some really spot-on things. I, I've really enjoyed what I've heard so far. It's the thing that needs to happen more than anything else is to ask the right questions. If you ask the right questions, you have a better shot at getting the right answers. So you guys are already brilliant, brilliantly doing that. Um, Thank you. I don't think black men have lost interest in black women. But before I lose my thought, the last lady who spoke, she said that black men want women to listen. And I will say that is an absolute must. Black men go to work every day, assuming they have jobs. And when they walk out the door, a black man walks out his door alone. He has no allies at work because generally if he works any place where there's corporations, there are, there's usually him and maybe one other black person he never sees. So he has no allies at work because no one truly allies with a black man at work because it's right. he's alone. He cannot have allies. They, they're not trying to be his allies. They will work with him if they think they can use him. But beyond that, he has no friends. He has no allies. He goes to work alone. He fights all day alone. He eats lunch alone. No matter who sits there with him, he's still by himself. When he comes home, he is done. He enters his home, and his home is that first refuge that he has seen all day, where he knows that he will not be stabbed in the back. No one will steal his report. No one will mistreat him uh, in a subtle but absolutely racist way. They won't say things that he has to interpret in three or four different ways. He will be safe at home. And when he comes home and he finds that at home, he gets the same kind of not listening that he gets at work, because a brother at work has to be working hard to get listened to. So when he's at work, if he's not being listened to, when he comes home, he absolutely wants to be heard. And if you're not hearing him, that's going to be a problem. And that's not something our culture teaches us. It doesn't teach us that once we walk out the door, whether we be black men or women, we walk out the door alone. But at least black women sometimes have another black woman to talk to at work. Black men have no one. And that's a really tough place to be. So I just wanted to get that out of the before I let that one slip away. Thank you very much. really appreciate Thank the you. comment, Thaddeus. Thank you. And we yeah, have I, people in our chat room that are agreeing with you, saying yes to the caller. That home needs to be warm and peaceful. I'm sorry, Levi, yeah, I cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to agree with, with the comment that the, that the gentleman made because, uh, like he said, I, I, I myself am in that, that same situation. I work for a company that has 115 employees. I'm the first African-American ever hired by the company. We have a second African-American there now, and I hired him. And I'm telling you, it is rough. But, but, but of course, a lot of black women have the same situation. But when you go to work and you're battling every day, you do need to be able to come home and find a peaceful environment where you have someone who listens to your concerns on a day on a, on a daily basis, and then also, you know, we talked a, a little bit of the last time about one of the things that not just African American people but all people need to work on is relationship skills, listening skills, and again, just like in the larger social context, African Americans, generally speaking, don't look to counseling. They don't look to talking to psychologists or reading about how to communicate because Historically, in our community, that was that was that seen as, as being kind of weak when you have to do those right. kinds of things. But mm-hmm. in our culture, we need to start taking advantage of some of the uh, relationship information out there about how to communicate better with your partner, 
and, and so on and so forth. And, and my wife and I, we, we, we have a rule, and that is when we come home, if we've had a bad day, we spend the first 20 minutes talking about each other's day. She gets 10 minutes and I get 10 minutes. And it's just mm-hmm. 10 minutes to vent about what happened at work today. And she gets 10 minutes, I get 10 minutes, and, and, and like we were saying, you don't want the person to necessarily solve your problem. It's just right. listen to what happened to me today. And then after that 20 minutes, you cut it off, and then you go on with the rest of your day because you don't want a bad day at work to permeate what happens in your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, so, Levi? I don't know why it is. Sometimes listening to you, I feel like I'm being raised all over again. Yes, yes. It's so amazing that that Levi said that because we have in my home, you know, of course, you guys know me. My mother lives here, my daughter. But one thing that I have, we have established in in this home is we may not have a great relationship at home, and I'm not in corporate America anymore, but uh, in ministry. We may may not have peace in the streets, but there's going to be peace in this house. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? And, you know, there's going to be peace here. Everybody's going to get along. We're going to talk about one thing I went out of 2011 doing, and I came into 2012 saying and doing, that I'm not going to hold things inside anymore. My my approach is going to be differently. If you get on my nerve, I'm going to let you know that. I'm not going to hold things in anymore because there was a time that I would hold things. Oh, I was going to let you know how I felt about you. But, I mean, it was just going to come right off the top. What what, what came in was going to come out, but it was going to be so nasty, I was going to chop your head right off. You know, if it was at the altar, I was going to let you know. But now it's the approach. And I think as women, you know, that we have to learn how to approach our men in such a way that, like Janice just said, that we nurture them back to the position where they need to be. Um, and well, and that's, what, that's what I have learned in these three years from talking to my three brothers. My three brothers have always told me all my life, you talk too much. You need to learn how to shut up. You talk too much. But it's in these <laughs> last three years that I have really began to analyze that statement from them. And if we would just sit back and just listen to ourselves, especially when we're angry sometimes, if we would just not speak. And I'm learning that, oh, not yes. to say anything. Oh, yes. When I get oh, angry, yes. I, even with my daughter, even with, you know, even at the grocery store, and you know, when somebody messes up my order, I just smile now. I won't say anything. But I, I think it's in, in relationships, if we just, just not say anything for a moment. And what Levi just said, my daughter and I, we do that every day when she comes from school. We talk about how the day went. If I'm on the phone with Tiki, I said, listen, I need to call you back because I need to find out what her day was all about. And I think in relationships, if we will learn to do that, that our relationships will go much better. Oh, yeah. Hi, guys. Um, before we continue, there's we have someone that has been holding for a minute, and I would really like to get their comment, um, if that's okay with you all. They're from 504. Okay. Hello, everyone. I had a comment on relationships, and as a black woman, I think that we are taken for granted by 
black men in relationships because they feel that there's such a pool of black women out there that they can just jump from one woman to the next woman. And we don't demand or ask for what we're worth. And if that person is not giving us what we need in a relationship, we shouldn't hold on to them. We should get what we deserve and not settle anymore. And I don't think that's being an angry black woman. I just think it's being at a place where you shouldn't have to settle. Well, I think a lot of that... Everyone says that black men are in jail or they're, um, they're not working... Are, we have to settle for just one and share that, and I think that's where we're messing up. I think, um, you know, agreed that you shouldn't settle in a relationship, but at the same time, I think it goes back to what um, Cam was just Cam I am was just expressing about approach. You know, if you're not getting what you want from a relationship, particularly in your relationship with a brother. Um, sometimes we have a tendency to be combative in the way we express our displeasure. But that approach would go a long way in ensuring that, you know, we don't, it doesn't escalate into a fight, so to speak. Oh, no, I'm not talking about being combative. But when you're in a relationship and you've, how can I say it, you've been abused in a sense, you need to step back and analyze, okay, what could I have done differently? Mm-hmm. As opposed to taking anger out on that person, because taking anger out out on that person isn't going to change anything. Right. It's not going to make the relationship any better. So I really feel you need to do a self-analysis of what do, what can I do to make my relationship better. That's right. And that, I mean, that is, that is, um, guys, to play devil's advocate here, that is all in fine for someone that has that ability to self-analyze and to go there. Um, and I want to remind our callers and everyone on this panel of a statement made the very first time we tackled this subject, and that was there is a certain group of black women in certain uh, social and economic situations that aren't capable, or as the perception is, they aren't capable of maintaining healthy relationships with black men, and we are finding an overwhelming evidence of black men are abandoning black, I mean, abandoning relationships with black women in in lieu of... um, pursuing a relationship with women um, of other cultures because the perception is that we're combative, that we we have low moral standards and uh, we're hard to get along with. So we're going to address some of those things after the break when we come back. If you want to talk to the ladies tonight, call in at 323 784 
323-784-9638. That number again is 323-784-9638. If you're already holding and want to speak to the host, simply press 1 to speak to the host. After your call, when you're done speaking and speaking your mind, please press 1 again so you will be taken out of the call queue. Also, if you want to call any of us and leave a message for any show, go ahead and call our studio number. Now, this is not the number that you call to speak with the host. This is our studio number. If you want to leave a message, dial 877-318-8772 and leave a message for any show or any host. You're listening to Bold and Sexy Talk Radio. Right here on the Soul of America Radio. To speak with the host, dial 323-784-9638. If you're already holding and want to speak, press 1. And once you're done with your conversation, press 1 again to take you out of the host call. You're listening to Bold and Sexy Talk Radio in the Ladies' Room. Common ground can be found. 
Now, I personally object to that theory, and I disagree with it, but I think it needs to be addressed if that kind of thinking is prevalent, if it's out there. Now, there are those that will say, you know, um, men that are engaging in relationships outside of the culture are mostly successful men or entertainers or uh, sports figures, if you will, Um, you know, and they're doing so because that's the, you know, particularly with white women or Asian women, that's what they are exposed to. And that's what, those are the type of women that are by and large in their circle. So, and it has little to do with, you know, them not wanting to be in a relationship with black women. It's just they find it hard to find black women in their um, immediate surroundings. So um, I want to talk about, you know, that perception, Levi and, and Gwendolyn. Um, is that really what's happening? I mean, have we deteriorated to the point that um, relationships with black women below a certain economic class are impossible? Uh, well, I don't know that they're impossible. Um, you know, um, that that is a theory that's out there. Um, and that they're, like you said, hard to get along uh, along with, combative. Um, and I remember that was Levi, I think, that uh, spoke about that uh, the last time we had this show, uh, that those type of women in those uh, different uh, ethnic backgrounds were the women that were uh, being brought to these men or that they were being exposed to these ones, these ballers and uh, uh, other athletes that, uh, you know, make these, Seven, eight figures, you know, make all this money, um, and they're just—I guess—it's just uh, because of the people that they're exposed to, their managers and and publicists and and whoever, those are the people that are bringing those uh, those type women or exposing them to those type women. Um, I believe that 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 could possibly be, you know, what it is. But then, you know, it can also be just the fact that, you know, there's a, a stigma out there that says that once you Make it, or to say that you've made it, quote unquote, you've got to have a white woman on your arm. You know, right. um, I, I hate to think that that's um, that's all that's to it. <laughs> you know, because right. that speaks very lowly of uh, the black men that are doing that. But um, you know, if there well could be. The chat room has set off a conversation having to do with, of course, now in talking about relationships, sex is a byproduct of that. And there's a thought or there's a thinking that um, black women, you know, if she project herself in a certain way, you know, that's how she'll be perceived. But if she shows that, you know, she has something to give other than sex, she will stand out above other women. My thinking when I as I was reading those statements in the chat room was that historically um black women um were used for sex um in this country. <laughs> you know, it's the history of our you know, our legacy in this country and, and black women didn't have any say over that abuse. Black men didn't have any say over it happening either, but by and large, 
black women were abused in this way in a sexual manner and there was nothing they can do about it. So what does that say about the psychology uh, of the thing is to say when sisters use their bodies as a tool of communication, they feel like uh, sexual prowess is a way to maintain a relationship and as a byproduct product of that Levi devalue themselves because they feel like that is where they their worth lies. Absolutely. And that's prevalent. I mean that that's true. I believe that. Um you, you see it all the time on uh you know these videos and um uh movies and and, and T V shows and you know, it's it's a lot of it is um, it is I believe it is that mentality it does stem from um, how we were um, used and abused in this uh, country as you know when we were brought here as slaves, uh, and that has really that has been passed down uh, generation after generation. Um, it's a I, I believe it's a generational curse. Um, you know, that makes us feel like. And, and not all women, not all black women, but um, make you feel like that that's all, you know, that you have to offer. Um, and so if you give that up, um, that you feel like, okay, that's where, like you said, where my value is, and I'll be valued for that, other, you know, rather than um, everything else that I have to offer, my mind and my spirit. and um, Intellect. Yeah, absolutely. We have... Um Guys, we have a um, a caller from 708, area code 708. Are you on? Uh, yes, I am. I joined the call late, so I'm just kind of getting in on the, the tail end of it. Okay. Um, and um, and I guess I, I just heard some little bits and pieces of, of, of what was said, and I guess it sounds like you guys are, are basically saying that, um, you know, Black men are no longer showing interest in African American women. Is that pretty much the topic of well, conversation we're asking, here? That's the question on the table. The topic is the question: Have black men lost interest in black women? We, that's what we're exploring. That's what oh, we are okay. asking okay. people to call in and express about, or to weigh in their opinion about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, that seems to be if we. If what we see in the media, if what we're seeing in um, corporate America, of what we're seeing in black men above a certain income, if that's representative of what's happening, then it's a concern. Because by and large, what you see is a lot of those men in relationships with non-black women. Okay. And and, And I guess we can look at certain economic statuses, but... What about people, just average everyday people? I do see African American African American men um, showing interest in in um, other ethnic groups um, aside from wealthy men. I have right. an eighteen I have an eighteen year old who uh, a lot of his peers are dating young white girls or Asian girls. So I don't think it's just exclusively. Uh, an economical, uh, economic thing. I think we need to explore what is it we're teaching our girls or showing our younger girls. Um, 
you know, based on my experience in talking to men, I just recently wrote a book um, because I had to come face-to-face with some of uh, some of the things I was dealing with and I'm dealing with as an African-American woman. I'm married. I've been married for 23 years, and uh, I found myself pushing my husband away because I didn't know how to communicate with him effectively. Um, I was controlling. Um, I talked a lot. I did not uh, affirm him. I did not. Uh, a lot of things that I saw or see, because I have Caucasian girlfriends, and they just handle their men differently than we do. Right. And right. I, I think we need to look inside of ourselves and say, what am I doing to push our men away? And I think we have to be honest. And um, I, was, I was honest with myself. My, my, I have a good husband, a good African-American man. And uh, thank God he stayed with me because I was very abusive. I was, And I attribute that to the way I was raised. My mother was verbally abusive. So I, there was not a father in the home. So all I saw was this strong woman. What she said went and what she wanted, it went her way. So I yeah. vowed not to do it to my child, but I did it to my husband. And thank God that with prayer and me owning the fact that I had a problem and I went and got help and I learned how to treat my husband like a man, because our men deal with a lot, ladies. They deal with a lot in corporate America. Yeah. They deal with they deal with a lot. And we got to stop fighting. We have to come together and see. And I think if we just stick to the golden rule, if we treat people the way we want to be treated, I do believe it will be reciprocated. And I have to say, um, we had actually, my husband is back, our marriage is blossoming, I've just recently written a book, and uh, he's working on his book. So it can happen, but we have to own, we have to look inside of ourselves, and we have to ask the question, what am I doing? And that's where it starts. What is, um, is your book on the market? It is, it's on Barnes & Noble, and it's on Amazon, and the title of it is, uh, When I Do, But He Doesn't, God Will. When right. I do, and he doesn't, God will. Mm-hmm. So can can going back to the beginning of your statement, um, with the very first thing you had to say about, you know, like an 18-year-old and, and younger um, generations of black men that are not in a certain socioeconomic class that are choosing or optioning for relationships with, with, with non-black women, uh, one of the things I have to say about that, too, is the media is helping to play a role in that, in that they show these men, particularly entertainers and sports figures, that are in relationships with non-black women. And I have to own that a lot of it, a lot of what we're seeing in men that are not in these same economic classes we're seeing that that is attractive to them. You know, they're doing that, and they're you know because they wear the shoes that they see them wear. You know, they what they they're they're these women or these relationships or these alternative relationships are being marketed just as the 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 shoes and the cars and everything else that are being endorsed by these figures. So I'm not surprised to see that this is happening in um, men that are not in those economic situations as well because they by and large they follow suit that's how what that's what they're influenced by we'll be right back we're going to stop here for a break i know that um 
We have a couple of calls. Classy, we'll get to you when we come back. We'll be right back. It's a pleasure announcing for you, right here on SOAR. You're in the ladies' room on the Soul of America Radio. If you're listening to the show by phone and want to make a comment, press 1 to speak to the host. Otherwise, you can call in if you're listening on the internet at 323-784-9638 and then you can press 1 if you want to speak to the host. And now, back to the show. piggybacking off what the last caller said, um, she is so right. You know, as women, um, we have to own everything that we do. And it goes back as as if she was listening to the entire show. Um, You know, as women, when we make choices in our relationship, when we, you know, kind of handpick the men that we date, you know, we have to come to grips with ourselves in the relationships and say, you know what, the relationship didn't go well. There was something that I did wrong. And we have to analyze what it was that we did wrong and learn from that mistake and not become so bitter and so angry, but move forward 
in that relationship and find out what it was that we did and not push the blame on the other person. If he did something wrong, he did it. But let's move forward and learn from that. I think there was something that she said was particularly powerful in that she was saying she grew up in a single-parent home where the um, the mother was the strong figure, you know, was the the um, yay or naysayer. Right. I, I think what's happening, too, you know, we – you learn how to be in a relationship with a man from having a relationship with the most important man in your life, which is your father. And if that's not there, I think what we all need to understand as black men and women, when that is missing, black women have to then become adults and relearn or to learn for the first time as an adult how to be in a relationship with a man. I'm not saying that's all women that grew up with, without a father. That's not an across the board. But by and large, you will find that, that if that is missing, that is something that she has to go back as an adult and learn. <laughs> right. Right. You know, you know? I, 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 that, that was a point um, that I had made uh, the last program we had about the uh, the absence of, not just men, but men and women uh, having in their homes modeled for them what a successful relationship looks like. And then, okay. uh, you know, there's an old saying that, uh, you know, from back in the day that says when a when a woman has a problem, she drops her head and cries. When a man has a problem, he hops a train and rides. And so, <laughs> and so when, when, when women have traditionally in our culture, because of the stresses that African-American men have been under, they have had to be strong and they've had to raise the children. But it doesn't set up a model for having a successful relationship. And right. then, you know, Tiki, you made the point about the culture or, or young African-American men looking at celebrities and seeing a disproportionate number of African-American celebrities with non-African-American women, it does create the idea that that's what's desired. And then on top of that, and and, and I, I want to be careful about how to say this, but also hip-hop culture in some aspects also with this uh, tendency to, gen- to, to degenerate black women because yeah. you have these African-American men coming from families of poverty they don't have a mature and a refined perception of how to present black women in the public. And they create this music with these images that are degenerating to black women. And then when they do make it successful, then they want to look at something other than what they degraded in their music. That's right. That's right. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> Levi's in the house. <laughs> Hi, guys. I know before we went to break, I said um, that uh, someone classy in Atlanta was holding. Did they still want to come on? Do we have classy? Yes, I'm here. Hi. My apologies. I, You know, it's it's a show, okay? <laughs> well, welcome to the ladies' room. <laughs> it's quite What's your right. comment? 
very, very quickly, and I don't want to dominate your time, but I want you guys to be aware of something, especially with that hip-hop reference um, and also these people in the chat room. Uh, I think it would behoove everybody to take a little snapshot of a black boy's life so they can get an understanding of some of these questions and these answers of how you're out here. So I'll speed through this real quickly. Love black women. Not bitter at all when I say this. I just want you guys to get a snapshot. As a little young black boy, went out and got a job in sixth grade. It was my mother who stopped it because she didn't want to assist. Been an honor student ever since kindergarten. Teachers wanted to skip me, but it was my mother who stopped it for her own reasons. That's just one example. You go through uh, later in life where you start selling drugs to get away, and you start to find out that many of the black ladies who you love have this secret love hate for you. For example, they teach you as a boy, do these things so you can grow up to take care of a woman, but they'll teach your sister, do these things so you don't have, never have to leave a, need a man. You don't get the self-empowerment that necessarily your sisters do. Many guys overlook it, and it seems to be deep-seated, and they go on through life. Fast forward, you run into ladies who, when you start making money, who may be black, and they're trying to get something out of you. Sad part on my part, white lady who I never really was into was the first person who ever, including my mother, first person who ever said, I believe in you. Go on through life, you come to a mecca city where there was a bunch of black people, and you're not a, 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 a jerk type of brother. I mean, you don't slept with women, you don't did the thing, so you're really trying to chill out now. You run into more black women in this black mecca that first action versus what they say is about being an opportunist, sleeping with you and trying to get something back, being also a successful woman but all, but trying to put you in a man category so she can save her money and travel off your dime. So I conclude all that by saying this you have, unfortunately, a lot of non-black women, even this past week, who, you know what, I see something in you. I believe in you. Now, that's not to say you did not have one and two little spurts of great blackness along the way. But what you ladies have to understand, especially with the hip-hop reference, I remember the first time I heard the word doll. I didn't know what it was. But you had little black girls calling boys dolls. And this was long before anybody ever said the B word. That happened in 1986 with Too Short. They were calling boys dogs. And I looked on the TV. I saw Rolanda calling uh, boys dogs all the time. I saw a show that you can't order no more uh, Oprah. Maybe she's embarrassed by it. It was called Black Men Working, where she traditionally for like a week or two called men worthless, called men uh, 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 dogs. Uh, all this came before anybody said the B word on a record. Then when Too Short, Todd, out in Oakland, made the comment about B, he was asked, why do you do it? They said, he said, well, they call us dogs. What is a dog? A B. What is a B? A dog. Why should y'all get mad? Because we're saying B. And a lot of boys embraced it because they had that same type of feeling. So I respect and understand what you guys are saying. But I want to make sure you have a snapshot of a little boy crying, trying to love his dark-skinned queen, 
and having them spit him in his face constantly until finally he says, F all of them. Last point on me personally, uh, I work two jobs in medical, going to school for nursing, have a little side business. Been out in Atlanta for 10 years. Two of my friends, very successful brothers, handle million-dollar accounts. We all have the same problem. We cannot run into quality women who do not mind working out with just a humble attitude. We ain't even talking about beauty. Just those three things. Work out, be humble, contribute to a brother and what he's trying to do. Me personally, I told my friends, I'd rather fail with a foreigner than deal with a black American woman who wants to be a man. Could be all of those experiences that I had, but I wanted you to understand the snapshot of somebody who constantly tries and we have to run into this nonsense. While the good ladies seem to pick, unfortunately, the guys who blatantly ain't going nowhere, blatantly ain't trying to do nothing, and then bounce around two babies later and say what happened. So I bow out and just say, please remember in all that you say, especially about hip-hop, many of these boys went through a lot of stuff before they actually spoke back. Thank you so much for your comment. We wanted all points of view on this topic. We asked the question, have black men and lost interest in black women? <clears throat> and your commentary is a part of that answer. So thank you for calling. I have to say this. Um, you know, uh, I lived in Atlanta for um, for 13 years. And, um, you know, I under, well, I don't understand where he's coming from. Let me take that back. Um but, you know, I've had some bad relationships. You know, um, I've dated men with money. I've dated men dirt poor. But one thing that I, I you know, I, I will not do, I will not bow out. You know, um, like I said earlier, um, I chose them just like they chose me. It didn't go good. I'm not going to fault them. I'm not going to say, uh, this brother, he has a right to his own opinion. But I, I believe in the black man. I'm sorry, um, I made up my mind that what my girlfriend told me my problem was, she said, you're not willing, you're looking at the dollar sign, and but what you're, not, what you're not looking at is he may not, you're used to a man making a certain amount of money, but what you have to look at now is, does he have potential? So um, to the, the, the black women that... You know, where I was, was I was always, he had to be above six feet, you know, because I'm 5'8". He had to be where a certain, you know, be buff or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm still, you know, what attracts me is not his intelligence. When I look across the room, you know, I don't see intelligence. It's when you open up your mouth if you know if a man is intelligent or not. But I still have to say women, I'm not going to bow out on a black man. That's just my opinion. I don't know, you know, and the ladies... Ladies, you can you can comment if you know. If, I don't know where you what you're thinking, but I, I can't. I just it's just something about a black man. He's strong when he needs to be, yet and still he knows when to be weak. Um, he's 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 he knows how to support his family. I, I have to go back to my grandfather. I have to go back to my brothers. You know, they were taught to do these things, and that's who I look at. I look at how I was raised. My mother, she was single but she took care of her children. She almost died in a sewing factory. 
So uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to stick with the black man. There was a statement <laughs> made on store. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but, but you know, I, I tried to be, be silent. But there was a, a statement made on the store thing. Uh, we're talking about black men, and the, the young lady said, has the black woman, and Tiki, you can help me with it, has the black woman turned on the black man or something like that? The uh, yeah, she was actually, yeah, she was actually, should the question be in reverse? Around, <laughs> have, yeah. the, have black women lost interest in black men? Well, I can answer, <laughs> baby, with, with capital no. Cam will never buy out. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, no you know, you, Cam. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, let me jump yeah, in on that. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, have, have have black men lost interest in black women. and But I think that my personal opinion is I think this, I think black women have a tougher time finding a black male that so they can have right. a quality relationship with than black men have uh, trying to find a black woman they can have a quality relationship with. As you guys know, I've been happily married to an African-American woman for 19 years. And not that that I'm all of that, but if I was a single man, I really do not think it would be any problem for me to find an African-American woman that I could marry and have a successful relationship with. I really think that this finding a proper mate is a bigger problem for black women than it is for black men. Woo! Let's hold that for one second, guys. Guys, I've been having someone holding for a while now, and I really apologize to this person. So I want to see what um, Statement 804 has to say. Yeah, thank you very much. And I've I've been listening with a lot of intrigue, and pretty much everything that I came in late on the show. And my first time listening to it tonight, and it's interesting that this day, this particular day, that I would find this show tonight because I've been surfing within myself for the last couple of months, having just come out of a relationship with with, with a black woman. And I can say unequivocally, just as the, the, the last host stated, that no, I, I won't bail out on black women. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think that anybody else, speaking as a black man, can feel my soul, can can be uh, in in my space the way a black woman can. I just I just don't believe that. To me, she's the the cornerstone of the earth, and uh, I, I treasure black women in in, in just an extremely admirable way. <clears throat> there there are so many issues around this subject that. I don't think that there's any one particular answer. We as black people in America and around the world, around the world, we are so broken as individuals because of the past. And right. until those breaks are fixed, mm-hmm. we can never be whole and full in a, in a, in a meaningful relationship. Right. Uh, I've spent the last, uh, and this is not to pat myself on the back. I understood this some time ago. So I said, you know what? I'm going to work on me. I'm just going to work on me. I'm not going to lean on somebody else. I'm going to develop happiness and solidify myself within me and then move into uh, maybe uh, having a, a meaningful relationship. I divorced young with two sons. Love my sons dearly. I promised those sons when they were born that I would never let any harm come to them. 
I have stuck to that. I finished raising them uh, with the help of my mother who passed three years or so ago. Um, but now they're off on their own, and they're, they're being young men. And one of the things that they come to me and say, Dad, it's young girls, young black girls now. Ooh, it's a mess. It's a mess out here. It um, is. Yeah. One, one is one. You know, and these are kids who are in the hip hop culture, designating this, designating that. These are young men who are intelligent, who are athletic, who have goals, who are working to do things for themselves to build a future. And they're saying this. They're saying it's difficult to find a young black woman who truly wants to develop a family, a relationship, and all of those things, and be what my grandmother was, because they, they did. They absolutely worshipped their grandmother as their mother was something very special. So they're having the issue. The issue that, that I have is, is the gentleman from Atlanta, he, he spoke on it. I go into a store and I observe, and I have my things that I'm going to pay for. There's a black woman at the register. She meets she greets white people. I get to the register. Nothing is said to me. My money is taken. I say, have a good night, sarcastically. Okay? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, it, it, it's a twofold thing. We are just broken people. We are. And if, if, we, don't, if we don't fix it, I don't know where we're going to land. I don't know where we're going to wind up. Maybe black women were taught in slavery the only thing to respect is a white man. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe it seems to me the black woman is buying into what the media is telling them about black men. Mm-hmm. And I think black men are buying into what music and media is telling them about black women and TV and reality shows as well. So black women that have some kind of structure, that has character, that has a moral compass that is healthy, really don't have a chance against what you see on Basketball Wives and the behaviors that are being played out on reality shows. And that's becoming the perception of this is what a black woman is about. Even just recently, you know, I shared an article on in social media about Michelle Obama saying, you know what, I'm tired of hearing about this angry black woman thing, that even hmm. she in the White House, she's being portrayed as an angry black woman because she wants to ensure that her daughters come out whole on the other side of her husband's job, that they're unaffected that they're not scarred in any way about their experiences of being in the White House. So I hear what you're saying about what's happening with the perception of black men. But understand, there are black women that are suffering under this misconception of what's being played out about what is the true character of a black woman. Hold that thought. One moment we have um, have – before we wrap this show up, um, Thaddeus wanted to come back on and say something. Thaddeus, are you there? Okay. He's not there. But back to what – hello? 
Hello, Tamika. Yes. I wanted to ask him quickly. Um, he he's like the second person that has come on and said that um, his sons are having a difficult time um, finding you know young girls um, to date or you know have problems with. Sir, do you think that is because of the way that they're being raised, or maybe because maybe now I know in Selma we have young girls. Their the, their mothers are eleven, twelve years older than they are. What do you think the problem is? Is the, is the caller still there? Is um, I think he hung up. All right, we have someone named Harris holding. Hello. Hello, can you ladies hear me and gentlemen hear me? Yes. Hi. Yes, yes, we can hear you. <laughs> I know this voice. I'm <laughs> Um, my thought is I think people nowadays are just um, lazy and not willing to struggle. I think all black men are still interested in black women. It's just that a lot of people want you to have everything already set up without right. working together to build and, and gain things. It's if if you're not making six figures, if you don't have a big house, if you don't have a big car, it's more materialistic. Like mm-hmm. back in the 60s, Everyone worked together to get the good things. Now, nowadays, everybody wants to have it automatically and not willing to work for it. So, like, I, I just think it's laziness at, that's going on right now. You know point. what? I'm going to have to agree with that statement. Um, that's a great point, yeah. That is a great, great, great mm-hmm. point. You know, I, I was accused on a previous show of not having the capacity to be able to date someone um, that didn't have anything, a broke brother, quote, unquote. Um, my fellow host said, like, Tiki, we can't see you uh, dating a broke brother. And I'm like, you know, that just speaks to how well they don't know me. Um, one of the things, um, being in mildly successful on a career has afforded me is to be able to engage a man in 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 a way, in a potential relationship without having to look at him at, uh, for his financial validity, you know, to see, not consider money or his social economic status when I consider being in a relationship with him. And But unfortunately, <laughs> what you will find is those that are looking back at you and sizing you up for what you have and your potential to make them comfortable, and it's unfortunate. Right. It's very right, unfortunate. Right, right. right. Yeah. You know, I, 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 the the previous caller had talked about the fact that there's brokenness amongst African-American men and women, and that's true. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the, the image of a strong black woman, and I, I share with, with you guys in a, in a call we had some time back that one of the things that actually attracted to me, me to my wife, was the fact that, she is a strong woman because my mother was a strong woman. And so when I thought about who I was going to marry, I thought to myself, I want to be married to someone that if something happens to me, if I'm no longer in the picture, I want to be married to a strong woman who would take care of my children and not let some other man come in and abuse her and my children if I'm not in the picture. So to me, a black woman who is strong is very attractive because that's important to to 
seeing that my children are successful. And I th- also, if you think about it from the standpoint of the African-American woman, I was thinking about, you know, the, the, the women from other cultures who are perceived as being more docile or more, um, who, who are more subservient to their men. A lot of them come from cultures where the men have been allowed to take care of their family, and there's a certain level of psychological comfort that they have that they can turn the household over to the man, if you will, and everything will be okay. But based on the experiences of African-American people in this country and the stuff that black men have been through, a black woman being raised up in this society has to be psychologically prepared to either be in a relationship with a man or not and take care of her children, and that requires a certain amount of strength in order to do that. Wow. That is a powerful note to end this show on. (laughs) Woo, Levi, you rock, man. I'm telling you, just like a a, a brother, a (laughs) stepbrother. Guys, that's our hour and a half. That's a wrap for this edition in the ladies' room. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Love you, ladies. Love you, Levi. Love you. Thank you, Levi. And love you back. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.